When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Uh, yes, celebrating everything green and gold today after the Matildas 2-0 win over Denmark. Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, 5 o'clock, they have booked their spot at Suncorp Stadium. Sadly, you cannot get tickets. That has been sold out well before the Matildas game was, well, before they qualified for that match. Are, are you going? Did you look at the draw and work out if the Matildas finish top of the ladder and keep progressing, this is where they'll play? Is that why you got tickets? Or have you just jumped on board to be part of one of the biggest events, if not the biggest event that we've seen in this country since the Sydney 2000 Olympics? Wow. Can you imagine that some 23 years later? I bet you my next guest can't. She's been there and done it before with the Matildas. Uh, she is part of the SEN family uh, as well, um, as part of our call team, calling the World Cup. She must be so excited. She is a Brizzy girl and all old Hallows girl. Uh, Alyssa Carnivas, a very good morning to you. Are you pinching yourself still after the, 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 the run the Matildas have been on? Oh, good morning. I'm just sitting here with a big grin on my face because that all sounds very weird, doesn't it? The Matildas are the biggest event since Kathy Freeman. I've done it on a, in a short space of time and I was a youngster and um, it's happening in Brisbane and I'm an ex Hallows girl, all in one sentence. It's a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a, a play on the brain. I'm like, what's going on in this country? This is pretty amazing, right? It's just um, worlds are colliding. Um, how fantastic for Brisbane, how fantastic for women's sport and how fantastic for sport in Queensland. And, of course, I'm Matildas. I'm, I'm pumped. It's amazing. Uh, Alyssa, I've been asking the question today about has this awoken the sleeping giant of Australian sport? And, and last hour I had Simon Hill on and, and he gave us a rundown of, of you know, internationally and at the, uh, the national level, Football Federation Australia ticking all the boxes with the Socceroos, the Matildas, World Cups here, the national game, the elite level, fantastic. Domestically, though, th- there's a gap. And until we get that sorted, maybe we won't see the cut through that a World Cup should provide. If you were in charge, if you needed to make some changes, some tweaks to to make that cut through, what would it be? Yeah, it it is definitely a huge factor in our sport. We've been talking a lot about it, I guess, within the football fraternity. It's how do we harness change? How do we harness sustainability we're going to have huge interest after this world cup with young boys and girls wanting to kick a round ball right the correct shape ball if you ask me (laughs) but i am it the challenge is exactly that how do we keep these kids involved how do we keep this game growing and flourishing after this huge spectacular event um if i was in charge it's such a tough question there's so many levels but 
the, the biggest thing that we need to tackle is making grassroots football more accessible. And then once we've got kids in there, um, we, we really need to look at how we can keep them involved. There's so many options in our country when it comes to sport. And talented kids are talented kids. There's raw talent within our communities. And there's so many different options for them to rise in a particular sport of their choice. So part of that is the attraction of the sport and the accessibility of the sport. The other part of it is funding. Uh, funding is a huge, huge um, issue, I think, for football. I don't want to harp too much on, on numbers, but we are very much uh, an underfunded sport by way of government, government involvement as well when you compare it to the other codes. So it's about pitching to our leaders in governance about how we can grow our sport and getting them on board, getting them involved. I think the NRL and the AFL do it very, very well, um, and our football people need to to keep those politicians getting to these corporate boxes at the World Cup and saying, look at this, you know, <laughs> come and be part of it, come and get involved and, and let's grow this together. I think it's really important. Well, Alyssa, on, on, a, on a, an international level, sport is the great uniter of, of countries, of trade, of, you just mentioned politicians and corporate boxes. It doesn't matter what sport it is. If it's on an international level, that brings countries together. That, that is good for economies. That's good for exports. It's good for it. There's so many layers that sport can bring. So you're spot on. I remember seeing Anthony Albanese on the on a lap of a, a cricket field with um, uh, Indian Prime Minister Modi. I mean, that's we know yeah. what sport can do. So you're right. And right now you've got some of the biggest names and the biggest countries in the biggest sport on the planet here in Australia. So there's got to be some cut through. There's got to be a knock-on effect. And we, we hope, we dearly hope, that it does happen and they can harness a nation. And, and in two weeks' time, we don't move on to somewhere else, which invariably yeah. has happened. Yeah, exactly right. And, and you're spot on with all of that. And I think what you just said, it, we've got to cut through. We've got to utilise this as a vessel for, for that change. I think, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a South African background and one of my greatest and earliest memories is 1995, which the All Blacks will argue they were ill, but I beg to differ when the Springboks made that big, <laughs> big win. And I was, I was a 10-year-old kid and it, it changed um, my country of origin in a big way. Um, it changed uh, sport in the country as well and the accessibility for kids that perhaps didn't have that either. And so I think it's just so important and we, we touch on very lightly our Indigenous uh, communities as well. I think we, we can really utilise and harness talent out of those communities with the round ball and, and grow this thing. It's time. It, look at it. It's, it's buzzing. So I think if there's, if there's a time, it's now. Okay. Uh, so talk me through you and your, your story. So uh, 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 immigrant to Australia, uh, a girl in All Hallows, so Brisbane, um, played on the Gold Coast. What, what, what attracted you to the round ball game? How did you... And what was what was it that sparked you? Was there someone you were looking up to, watching? Was there a game you saw? What was it? Yeah, uh, look, my, my parents immigrated from South Africa during the apartheid era, so very obvious reasons as yeah. to why they may have left um, South Africa. But um, I, I was into ballet as a youngster. I, I completely different different um, line of of activity and my old man played actually in the old over 35 team in Albany Creek shout out to a soccer club there and um, I went and watched the game as you do as kids of the players and um, they said oh look we just need a group of kids to come on at halftime just to have a kick you know just to make it a bit of fun you know the old halftime entertainment at the local 
And I said, no, nah, I'm not, not keen on this. And a bit of convincing with some lollies and some pair of gems. And I put on a pair of joggers and a pair of shorts and went and had a kick with the boys and loved it. Absolutely loved it. Changed my life, obviously, and enrolled the next year to play. And um, it went from there. So very early on, I was probably picked in state teams by the age of 11 and um, selected by Gary Phillips at 13 to have a QAS scholarship, which was obviously the most good Queensland athletes. That was our road, yeah. the QAS. And um, from there, was sort of selected in the uh, young Matildas about 16 and into the, the national team bowl thereafter. So it, it, when you look back at that, it's very quick. Um, and then mixing your tuition and, and school and all the fun things at the same time. So the rise was pretty quick. And I, I think the most similar story that we see right now in, in real terms is Mary Fowler. I think when I look at her, I see a lot of similarity in how quickly she's risen. And fortunately for Mary, there's the world's at her feet. Very, very different times 20 years ago, right? So I, I think it's so exciting for young girls now and, and players coming through. It's, it's awesome. You can just imagine those girls sitting in the crowd now or maybe at home watching, being part of uh, the, the three and a half million who, who watched around uh, on TV last night, who watched around the country in 10 years, 15 years' time where they will be and they're watching Sam or Caitlin or, or Mary and now having seen someone that they can do it and they can achieve and, and go, I want to be just like that. We, we, we cannot wait for the World Cups in the next well, the next 12 years and see where Australia can benefit from this. Now, Alyssa, let, let's talk through Saturday. Uh, we don't know who we're playing yeah. yet. It could be the world number 72, Morocco. Or it could be the world number five, France. Uh, let, let's stoop through the most logical scenario here, and it will be France, someone who we've beaten uh, just last month. Yeah, and it will be France, I think. Morocco um, are brilliant, brilliant representatives of, of African football and particularly African-Arab football, so... I do wish them well, but I feel like France-Morocco, it's a little bit of a, an old rivalry, I think, in that part of the world as well, with so much immigration from Morocco and North Africa into France. But I expect to see France go through. Um, we did beat them um, in our last send-off match at Marvel down here in Melbourne. And look, I think we've got the mental one-up on the French, but they're a team that have built really beautifully into this competition. Um, I think the change for France came at Suncorp, actually, against Brazil. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they definitely found their change and their tempo just lifted a little bit. And, of course, their confidence through their captain, uh, Wendy Renard, as well. So different outfit, I think, that we'll meet on Saturday should they get through, should they beat Morocco. And I think we'll have our work cut out for us. And for both teams, Suncorp Stadium has just been a really fantastic pitch with some really fantastic results for them as well. Matilda's last match against Nigeria, not so much, but mm. I think they'll be looking to make it a little bit better. But the French, having played on Suncorp, also familiar now and um, on a bit of a roll like our Matilda, so it'll be a huge encounter. Uh, what you saw from Sam, or what we all saw from Sam Kerr last night, uh, enough to convince you that she's right, the calf's good, she's ready to roll. Should she start on Saturday? Yeah, look, she looked better than I expected her to be, just in terms of her movement. Um, she could see she probably wasn't as mobile in certain elements as, as we'd expect, but, you know, she's had three weeks on the sidelines, maybe a little bit um, of warming up in that sense to come back into the match and, and find her feet again, which won't take long for Sam at all. But um, I actually would keep her on the bench. I know that's a really, really big call. Um, 
I would keep her as an impact player off the bench. I think our front three at the moment are working really well. Mm. And the link up with, with Fowler and um, Katrina Gorey, and I thought Kyra Cooney-Cross was excellent last night as well. Um, that's all going really smoothly. I'd be reluctant to disrupt that at the moment. I would actually let it, let it stay as is and bring Sam off the bench because that, to me, against France is more of a threat than the French working her out early in the match. Hey, that's a really good insight. Really good insight. And you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We love it. And Mary yeah. Fowler wasn't there when we played at, uh, at Suncorp or in Brisbane the last time. So she could be uh, the difference as well. Hey, Alyssa, thank you so much for your time. Great great to talk to an old uh, Brisbane – old, sorry, a former Brisbane girl. <laughs> that was – that would no, – you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> I know. And we uh, look forward to hearing your dulcet tones on SEN's coverage of the Women's World Cup, part of our commentary team. Uh, it is now coming up to 11.33 on a Tuesday. Hasn't time flown? Vanessa standing by with a new.